0: Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be with you. I'm uh, especially grateful, always grateful, I'm fed and strengthened and encouraged. And I'd, I'd left Montgomery, uh, Alabama on Friday, late Friday afternoon where I attended the graduation of a military chaplain uh, that I've worked with and served for years. And uh, I got in my car and I started Expressing thanks right away for the blessings I was going to receive when I got to Lawrenceville and uh, the comforts of the hospitality of Chris and Donna and uh, being with them. Uh, Yesterday morning, uh, we spent a a good portion of the morning uh, in an exercise which in ancient times would have been called Lectio Divina. And that just simply means divine reading. And uh, so what we did, we opened the scriptures and then we read the scriptures and then we thought about the scriptures, meditated on them. And if you want to know the the formal Latin, it's, it's kind of boring, but it's Lectio Divina. It's uh, Lectio Meditatio. Uh, uh, Lectio oratio and uh, uh, Lectio Contemplatio. And uh, that simply means read it, think about it, talk about it, pray about it, and then contemplate what you've heard. That's simply what that means. So we settled in. And we read the scriptures together. We sat out on the patio, lovely morning. And uh, time just has a way of just flying by. And we got into the richness of scripture. And we were sharing. And one of the beauties of Lectio Divina, the point is not to get a message for somebody else. It's to get a message for you. It's to be able to hear what he has to say to us. And so we shared that. We talked about what we were hearing for us in these sacred scriptures. And so we did that process and we talked about it and we prayed it and it's another little thing. I throw another Latin thing at you. It's it's uh, it's conversatio divina. What do you think that first word means? Conversation. conversation. Conversatio divina. It divine conversation. And then you you. We go from divine reading to divine conversation because we're sitting there and we're talking about it. And we're talking to each other about what we're seeing in the scriptures. And we're sharing that with one another. And it's ascending in the form of a prayer that's saying, Lord, help us to get this. Help us to see it and help us understand it. And so we're talking to one another and then we're listening for the Lord and what the other person is saying and then together we're talking to the Lord and he's talking to us. And it's kind of out of this world. (laughs) Conversatio divina. That's what it happened. And I don't know, we spent a couple of hours just kind of soaking in the scriptures, hearing, listening, reading, meditating. And the, the final phase of uh, lectio contemplatio, contemplation, think about it. That's what you walk away from the conversation with is something that's grabbed a hold of you that you just keep thinking about. And you consider it and you weigh it. And uh, so I had my own contemplatio moment. And this is a, here it is. This is from the scriptures that we read yesterday and we shared together. Uh, I can't get away from it. I've been thinking about it. I went to bed thinking about it. I'm contemplating it. And so that word is getting grafted into me and the lord's talking to me through it. Yes. And i'm just going to read the one verse. It's chapter 4, second corinthians. You don't need to turn to it. It's going to be quick. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I thought to myself how earthbound we are as creatures and how much of life is oriented around what is seen. But it's what is unseen that is permanent and heavenly. So I'm, I'm thinking and I'm talking about heaven touching earth, heaven on earth. And we could take a long time just talking about the Old Testament of manifestations of heaven touching earth whether it's our Heavenly Father engaging Adam and Eve in a garden, whether it is Joseph having an awakening that what was appointed for evil, God was using for good, whether it was Moses on a mount receiving the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, where the presence of God, the voice of God was there. It was heaven touching earth. It was divine encountering the human. Whether it was Jacob wrestling with an angel that changed his life, that altered him. And if you go to the New Testament quickly, uh, how about the wedding feast at Cana, the occasion for Jesus' first miracle, where he transforms wine, a water into wine. They're at this wedding feast and there's these... Jewish ceremonial vessels that hold about 30 gallons of water that they would use for their washings, their ritual cleansings. And uh, Jesus' mother Mary says, uh, they're out of wine. And Jesus said, what does that have to do with me? And having the significant influence of a mother, (laughs) mothers have a lot of influence, you know that, don't you? She doesn't address him anymore. She just turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. So Jesus changes six water jars with 30 gallons each full of water, into the best wine for the whole feast. And by the way, if you're a little sensitive about that subject, that amounts to about, I figured, about 555ths of wine is what it is. It was a lot. But here's the key for me is that a lot of people didn't get it. A lot of people didn't see it. A lot of people didn't get in on it. Who got in on it? All right, talk to me. The servants, the servants. they're the ones that got in on it. The humble service, everybody else was, uh, what is it, FOMO was the new word. Fear of missing out. There are times when heaven touches earth. If we're not tuned in, we don't get in on it. And we don't see it. The the feast of Pentecost, heaven touching earth. The Holy Spirit falling on 120, filling them with the Holy Spirit, the appearance of like tongues of fire, this moment where the church is birthed, heaven touches earth. What is eternal becomes manifest in what is temporal. The Mount of Transfiguration Jesus is there with Peter, James, and John. You're on the Mount of Transfiguration, and then Jesus is transformed. Heaven touching earth. Eternal being manifest on the earth. And Jesus shone brightly. And they're beholding him and and what happens when heaven touches earth, sometimes we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do because it's a mystery. It's a wonder. And we sang the song this morning, open my eyes to the wonders of your love. And so on the Mount of Transfiguration, I identify with Peter because I don't know what to say, but I'll probably f- find something to say. <laughs> I'm a verbal processor. Some people are smart enough just to be quiet. <laughs> I, I'm not that way. I, 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 I verbalize it. I'm going, whoa, wow, whoa. I, uh, and Peter says, listen, ah, uh, e. Let's do this. Uh, One thing I know, this is something else, and what we need to do is build three booths. Jesus, one for you, and one for Elijah, and one for Moses. (laughs) We're gonna nail this down, we're gonna capture it. Heaven is touching earth, we're gonna contain this thing, and we're gonna go get people, and we're gonna have a shrine, and we're gonna have a magazine. In fact, we're gonna do a podcast and everything. That's what happens when we encounter the unexplainable, the inexplicable of heaven touching earth. And this is where I hope we all get a good dose of FOMO. If we're afraid of anything, it would be the fear of missing out. And for something to be happening and that we don't see it and we don't get it. Chris has already referred uh, to the fact that uh, Jesus didn't give us a long list of things, but he gave us two things to practice where heaven touches earth. Hear me, please. Baptism is one of those, Chris has already referred to baptism, and to communion, the Lord's table, and he used the term sacrament, and if you, let me unpack that word because some people think that sounds like that's a little religious, or like it something that belongs to another tradition, but that's not us. And sacrament is just simply defined as an outward representation of an inward reality. That's what it means. It's like when I'm going out here on the road and I turn, I look to a sign that says Lawrenceville, Suwannee. But that sign isn't Lawrence. The Salvador, but it points to a reality. So when we talk about a sacrament, that's what we're talking about. So it's, we're talking about something that points to an inward reality that has substance. In water baptism, this is for somebody here today. It may just be one person, but this is for Somebody. In baptism, we're not just talking about an initiation rite. We're talking about something that is heaven touching earth. And when we go into the waters of baptism, and I think you do it up there, right? And those waters are set apart and sanctified as the waters of baptism. When you as a candidate go into that water in obedience to Christ, there is an impartation. There is something of heaven touching earth that causes you to rise up out of the waters of baptism in a different place. I have observed people who are struggling and hung up with addictions and with things that are binding them and hindering them. And like Moses leading the children of Israel into the Red Sea and the waters parted, what happened? They go through, they come to the other side. He raises the rod of authority, the waters close, and what happens? What happened? The enemies that were their captors were destroyed and cut off. And the reason that some people continue to struggle in their journey on this earthly planet of ours is because they've not entered into the waters of baptism. And they have not experienced the liberty that comes with heaven touching earth. And effecting something that is beyond explanation. And the next time that you have a baptismal service here, and I hope that's soon, I pray that each of you will use it as an occasion to celebrate your own baptism and to be renewed in your thinking, renewed in your vows, and renewed in your freedom in Christ that was affected when you were baptized. It's heaven touching earth in a way that has practical outcome. Thank you, I heard a glory in there somewhere. The other thing which we are about to approach and which I do not have the capacity or the ability to go in to thoroughly and comprehensively this morning. When Jesus on the night of his, before his suffering and death met with the disciples to celebrate the Passover meal, And he transforms the Passover meal into the feast of the new covenant, which he is about to establish in his blood. In the original languages, it reads this way. As he took bread... And after he'd given thanks to the Father, he took bread. Some in here somewhere. There you go. He took bread and he gave it to them, his disciples. And then he said this, this is my body which is for you. It's translated, this is my body which is given for you. And That's not a violation of the original languages, but he said, this is my body which is for you. I wanna say a couple of things he didn't say. He didn't say, this is my body, which is broken for you. That is often an expression that's used, but that's not what Jesus said. He said, this is my body, which is for you. He did not say, this is my body, or this is like my body. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. How do I explain that? I can't. It's heaven touching earth. It's participation in something that defies explanation. If I say this is my body, which is for you, and you receive it for what he says it is, what are you doing? What are you doing? Come on, talk to me. You're receiving his body. Don't say, oh, Robert must believe in blah, blah. I'm just telling you, that's what he said. And when we receive it for what he says, it's heaven touching earth, it's participation in the body of Christ. And, um, Afterwards, he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to the disciples and he says, drink this, all of you. All of you, drink this. This is the blood. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. The word remembrance there is the word anamnesis. And it means more than just recall, it is remembering in such a way that what happened then is brought forward into this present moment. That is a different kind of remembrance. What I'll just say, ah, yeah, aha. It's remembering intentionally in a way that brings it forward into now. I have a design in talking about heaven touching earth and our participation in something where heaven touches earth. And that goal this morning is to invite us into a place of greater anticipation invite us to come to these stations that are being prepared for us and that as we approach this, that we approach this as heaven touching earth and that we are going to participate into something that defies explanation. It's not just a little church ritual. It's participation in something that is delivered to us from the very hands of Jesus with his very words and that when we participate in it, here's the prayer that I pray. Lord, cause this to be for me and in me everything you speak spoke it to be, and intended it to be, FOMO. I don't wanna miss out on anything. I want all that it means. I don't wanna just go through a little ritualistic experience, I want it all. I wanna get in on heaven touching earth. I want to get in on the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling within me, also quickening my mortal body. I want to get in on the healing. I want to get in on the cleansing. I want to get in on everything that it means when I participate in that bread and that cup, that I am fulfilling the very desire and directive and command of Jesus. And in doing that, I am participating in heaven-touching earth. Right now, in Lawrenceville, Georgia, I am about to get, I'm about to come to the table with you that he is prepared for me and prepared for us heaven touching earth you have needs today you have hungers it's his intent to feed you you have longings it's his desire to meet you I'd like to do this as um, I hope it doesn't preempt anything that you have scheduled, but I'd like for us to lead us in the Lord's prayer so that we could collect our hearts and our thoughts around the common words that Jesus has given us to pray. And when we get to that portion that says, forgive us our trespasses, I would like to do a brief pause right there. And if you're carrying anything this morning, if you're burdened by something, if you said something you shouldn't have, did something that you shouldn't have, and you just want and long for the cleansing blood of Jesus to flow over your life so that when you come to the table, you don't have anything standing in the way going to pause briefly you mention those things not speak it out loud you don't have to turn to somebody this is before the Lord this is between you and the Lord but you can lift it to him and know and be assured that you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus so as you come to this table you can run you can run to these elements without shrinking back, without dealing with the sense of being unworthy because you've been washed by the blood of the lamb. You've been clothed in righteousness and this table is for you. I'm looking for a change of posture. Normally we would say, sit or kneel to say the Lord's Prayer, but I'm going to ask you to stand to pray. And in the words that our Lord Jesus gave us, let us boldly pray. Our Father trespasses let's take a moment Lord for those things that we've done which we shouldn't have for those things that we should have done but didn't do Forgive us our trespasses and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen.